This is Joel Johnson, Senior Minister at Parkview Christian Church. I want to thank you for listening to our sermons online. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email at joeljohnson at parkviewfinley.org. I remember as a kid having arguments with my parents about whether or not it was time for me to read. My, my mom would always say, why don't you go read a book? And I was like, but there's so many more fun and interesting things for me to do right now. I could go outside. I could play video games. I don't want to read a book. As I've grown up, I've discovered a love for reading. I don't know if it's just age or maturity, just a different stage in life, but I really enjoy reading books now. And what I've come to discover is that there is such value in not just reading a book or a series, but rereading it. And I found myself going back to a book that I've already read and, and reading through the story again and learning more as I read multiple times. The first time I, I read a book, I find myself engaged in the story, my thoughts, my emotions, just wrapped up in the events as they're happening. So much so that uh, occasionally I'll, I'll just like skim through sections because I'm so interested to find out what happens next. And I'm really tempted to flip back a little bit and make sure that this point of tension, this conflict that's happening, everybody survives. So I have reason to keep going that my favorite characters aren't just going to like die or anything in the middle of the story. I'm like, oh, okay, I can, I can read now and slow down a little bit and enjoy the, the details instead of just pushing through to find out the, the resolution of this conflict. When I go back a second time and read through, I find so much more detail in the story. Maybe because I'm not just like so, so wrapped up in the events. But the second time through I read, there, there, are, there are connections as part of that tale that I didn't recognize the first time through. Rich details that just... I passed over. It was, sometimes I go through a third time, and, and, and maybe that third time I'll identify with other characters in, in the book. And where the, the main character kind of drove the story for me the first couple of times through, I recognize supportive characters and, and, and gain an appreciation for their perspective. Things that weren't quite obvious come to the forefront. But there's, there's a point in which you can read a tale only so many times and and find new information. Maybe you still enjoy the story, like watching a movie again and again, but outside of the entertainment value, the, the learning at some point ceases. That, that isn't true for the Word of God. When we open the pages of Scripture, we find new meaning each and every time that we read. If we open our hearts and our minds to the message that God has for us, His word is alive and active, and it meets us where we are, and it instructs us, it, it informs us, it challenges us, it helps us to grow. And it always has more for us every time that we read. Today in our, in our sermon, we're going we're gonna to talk about reading Scripture and developing the holy habit of daily time reading the Word of God. Now, this sermon is, uh, is actually going to be... A, in two parts. Now, we're in the middle of a series about holy habits, and here's a little mini-series about the Word of God. Today, we're going to talk about reading the Word of God, of spending time opening our hearts and minds to the message that He has for us, understanding uh, who God is, developing that thought of His nature, His power, of, of who we are in relationship to Him. Next week, we're going to talk about the study of God's Word, uh, how we take a deeper dive in, in the details of defining 
big theological words, of understanding big theological concepts, uh, of, of researching and gaining uh, insight into resources to, to really deepen our understanding of the Lord. Now, you may, you may think those things are, are really similar, maybe even redundant, but what, what we'll discover is that they work hand in hand. Now, there's valuable time to read for the sake of reading, and there's a good time to study and, and grow in our, in our understanding, but there are also times where we're going to use both in our devotional time, where we're going to read, and when we come to a complex word or thought, we're going to stop and gain an understanding of what that means so that we can return to our reading. But for our sermons, we're first today going to talk about reading and next week going to talk about Bible study. So I encourage you to come back and, and learn a bit of the process of how to dive deeper into the Word of God. It's important for us as we develop these spiritual disciplines to, to leave room for God to work in us, to begin the practice and see where God takes us as we faithfully devote ourselves to the practice of our relationship with him, of, of learning about how we grow through the process. So we're going to, to dive in today about the value of this discipline as we discover how God's word meets us, as we open up the pages of scripture, as we read the word of God, we find that it continually shapes our lives, that there is more for us to learn about God. There's more for us to hear from his word every time that we open. It's one of the wonderful things about, about God, that he is so immense, that he is, there's so much to him that we could study our entire lives and still only gain an understanding of a fraction of who he is. His word is alive and active. It, it is inspired and works in us by the power of his spirit. And as we read it, there's always more for us to learn. As we open up our lives to it, it, it molds us and shapes us according to his image. It, it begins to turn our thoughts. It begins to shape our heart to grow us in the way of the Lord. This passage from the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. When we engage and a regular reading of the Word of God, we find that, that it works its way into our lives, penetrating deep into our hearts, working its way deep into our minds. It calls to our attention those things that are buried deep within us, things that we would honestly rather keep buried, and yet God's Word has a way of, of cutting them out, of calling them out, bringing those thoughts and attitudes of the heart to a place where we can surrender them to the Lord and allow him to, to remove them from our lives so that he can create this internal transformation within us to become a reflection of his love and his grace, to become a reflection of his image in the world around us. Now, when we di discipline ourselves physically, we see an external transformation. When we choose to diet and exercise. We see how the shape of our body changes, how our, our muscles become more defined. When we engage in spiritual disciplines, the, the transformation is largely internal, where God begins working within us to change the shape of our heart and mind, to, to bring about definition, a changing of the way our minds work, changing of the perspective of our hearts, changing us 
holy, to follow after him. And it's through the process of investing in the word of God, of disciplining ourselves within our relationship with the Lord, of of pursuing him, that we open ourselves up to that transformational work to take place within us. God's word does it, and it, it becomes a guide for our living. In 119th Psalm, verse 105, we read these words, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And that's what God's word becomes for us, a light that illuminates our lives, a lamp for our feet that helps us see the steps that we're taking. It helps make us aware of the things immediately around us, the dangers that we might face, the the places where there are opportunity for us to, to care for others. You've been walking in the woods at night and had a flashlight that you used to shine on the path so you could see if there were roots that you're going to trip over, rocks that might make you fall down. That's what God's word is for our lives. A lamp for our feet revealing the details around us that we need to be aware of and helping us overcome those dangers and obstacles. It is also a light on our path. Have you ever been driving at night? knowing you have a turn coming up and yet you're out in the country in the dark and you can't quite see where the road is and you see a big driveway you pass by and think, oh, I just missed my road. And then you see a little green green sign and your headlights finally light up like, oh, oh, there it is. If there's a street light on that intersection, you don't have to worry about where to turn. It's plain. It's clear for you to see the path that you need to take. If you're on a road that has multiple street lights, you can actually see the shape of the road. You can see where it is that it goes. You think about what this means for us. With God's word as a light on our path, demonstrating to us what's coming, the places where we need to go, the the shape of the path that we're going to take. And there's value for us in recognizing that God's word illuminates. God's word makes us aware. God's word provides direction and guidance for us as we go through and understand what it is that he's leading us to. Book of Romans chapter 15 verse 4 provides us greater insight into the word of God. Jeannie, can you help me with the screen? Okay. If you're using the YouVersion app, you can open up the app, search under events for Parkview Finley and find scripture and sermon notes in the app. Uh, If our screen catches up with us, you can follow along on the screen. I'll read what's, what's coming for you. Romans chapter 15, verse four. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in scripture and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. God's word provides for us here and now, where we are, teaching, endurance, encouragement, and hope. And and it's relevant to us today as it has been throughout history. You think about what these words would have meant to the original audience that read them in a letter in Rome, recognizing that the scripture they were reading had been written in order to teach them endurance, encouragement, and hope. The the words of Scripture fulfilled their purpose at that time. 
Every person throughout history who's ever read this passage understood those words to be true for themselves, that they were, they were understanding the words from the past written to teach them to develop endurance, encouragement, and hope in the Lord. Today, those words remain true for us, meeting us where we are, still relevant because they address our very need. They address the turmoil within our lives, the guilt and the shame that we cannot overcome without the Lord. And they point us to the hope that we have in Him. And they bring us to this place where Scripture becomes this, this inspiring message of hope. When I was in high school, I went to a church camp in Converse, Indiana. It's called Rainbow Christian Camp. Wonderful place. I was there with my cousin's youth group, a group of friends that had developed. And we went to, to this week of camp multiple years in a row and just developed this really close bond, this, this group of teenage guys. And one of the counselors we had one year, was older than we were, he's in his 20s, and we, we discovered this, this thing about him. When we got to our, our uh, break time in the schedule. They would just give us free time occasionally throughout the day. And most of the, the teenagers would, you know, do a pickup game of basketball. They'd run out to the rec field, whatever it was that we decided to do. This guy in his 20s would sit down at a picnic table with a Bible and a notebook, and he would just be reading and taking notes. And we'd come back together for our group time, and he would be so excited to talk about what God had revealed to him, the, the, the thing that he was learning and the thing he discovered. And we were fascinated. We all, as teenagers, Christians, we knew it was important for us to read God's Word. But as teenage guys, it, it was a chore for us to, to develop that habit. So we asked him, well, what's, what, what method are you using? What, what's, the, what's the program that's creating this excitement in you? And here's what we learned. There's no secret. There's no, there's no method. There's no, no particular practice. This guy had simply allowed God's word to, to take hold of him in a way that it was developing this, this desire to, to return to God's word. It was de developing this excitement to learn what God had for him. That, that moment as he was reading, and, and it, was, it was inspiring and infectious, and we wanted to read our Bibles and, and develop the same kind of excitement and hope that he had. And that's exactly what Scripture is meant to do in our lives. That it would move us from this feeling of obligation. That reading God's Word is a have-to thing for us as Christians. That we would check off the box and, and come back to, to this idea that we, we have to read God's Word because it's what we're supposed to do. And I'm just going to move through this chapter and get done so I can go on with the rest of my day. If we open our hearts and minds to the Word of God as we read it, it, it moves us from this feeling of obligation to recognize our need to return to God's Word, to find within its pages this teaching that, that produces in us endurance, encouragement, and hope that we cannot continue on without, that we cannot meet the difficulty of, of our, our daily lives with, without the answers we find in the Word of God. We can't overcome the, the, the tension in the world around us without the answers we find within those pages, and that in the Word of God, we find the answer to the needs of our lives as we aspire to attain His image through a knowledge of His Word. And as we continue reading, we move from, from have to, to to need to, and then we come to this place of, of want to, where, where we feel a desire to meet God in the pages of his book, to long for that connection that we experience with him, hearing the message that he has for us and growing in our connection with, with him. What an incredible way to approach the word of God, learning to love 
what it has to say as it deepens our hearts for him and he just draws us in to that relationship. Recognizing the value of this discipline in our lives, it brings us to a very important question. How do we begin that process? How do we, how do we just dive in and, and develop the, this, this holy habit in our lives? I want to I walk you through five simple ways to, to, to begin. Some, some advice I have for you about, about getting started. And then after those five things, just some practical, practical elements I want to address as you, as you begin this discipline in your lives. The first way that you begin this process is to find the time and place to read your Bible daily. And it's very effective to, to have your Bible reading time be the same time each day, to build this consistency in your schedule so that you know when it's coming. You can, you can set an appointment in your calendar so that you can set a reminder that will beep and, and bring your attention to the fact that you need to be reading God's Word at that time. So you can develop this consistency so that it can, it can really make change in you. You can open up your heart and mind and allow it to, to work. It's helpful if, in the process of developing the spiritual discipline, you're giving up something else to make time to read God's Word. If you're a nighttime reader, that means probably you're going to be giving up watching something on a streaming service. And when you get through an episode and it says, next episode starting in 15 seconds, instead of just passively letting the internet decide for you how your evening's gonna go, you would, you would say, no, it's, it's 10 o'clock, I need to stop watching this, and I need to spend time in, in God's word. If you're a morning reader, it means when your alarm goes off, you don't just keep hitting snooze again and again and again, but instead you show up for your appointment with God. And you offer him the love and respect as you would any other appointment in your life. And you show up on time or early and you're ready to go and you're prepared to meet with him in the pages of his word. Whatever time works for you, make it consistent, make it specific. And find the right place. Find a location that's quiet and free from distraction. I've found that nature is a wonderful place to connect with God and his word. If you have a, a window that looks out over your lawn or a wooded area, it, it's, a, it's a great place to, to read the word of God and look into the sky and see the animals and see God's creation as you encounter him in his word. If, as the weather warms up, you can sit out on your porch with a cup of coffee and the word of God. It's just a wonderful way to start the day. But however you choose to do that, make sure you're not in a place where you're going to be distracted significantly. Now, here's a caveat to this piece of, of instruction. Reading the Word of God is, is a devotional process. And as we learned when we talked about developing a life of prayer, uh, it's important for you to, to connect with God privately. And especially in the scripture we read about prayer, to, to go in your room and close the door and, and to connect with God in a way that, that is beneficial to your relationship with him. And it's not something you do for show, to, to show other people how spiritual you, are, spiritual you are. However, consistently reading the word of God in your life can be a, an incredible example to the people around you. And if you're a parent, if you're a coworker, it is a critical part of your example and your witness to teach your kids, to demonstrate to the world around you the genuine desire that you have to grow, to love, to demonstrate your love for the Word of God as you continually read His Word. And when you do this, I would encourage you to use an actual paper-bound 
Bible instead of an app on your phone. Because when your kids walk in the room and they see you reading the Word of God on your phone, it looks to them like you're just scrolling through social media as usual, like you're playing some game. They can't tell that you are committedly reading the Word of God. It's the same discovery that teenagers around the world have made in youth group when they get their phones out and the Youth minister says, put your phone away. I say, well, I've got the Bible on it. I say, well, maybe you do, but that's not what you're doing right now. I can see you scrolling. Put your phone away. When, you're, when your kids come into the room, you want to create this visual example for them to help them recognize how much you love the Word of God and help them develop that heart for the Lord as well. In your place of work, if you choose to read Scripture on your lunch break, don't be afraid to have a copy of the Bible so that people can see what it is that you're doing. And allow that example to carry your witness forward. Not as a way to say, look how spiritual I am, but as a simple, humble demonstration of your faithful obedience to the Lord. Now, I'm again going to create a, a, another little caveat here that almost contradicts what I'm saying. But as you develop your life of prayer, as you are consistently spending time in the Word of God, I also, on top of that, want to encourage you to fill up your gap time with Scripture. And that means using your, your phone and your app to read the Word of God. Think about all the time that you have in the course of a week that is wasted time. Time spent waiting in line at the drive through or the pharmacy. Time spent sitting in a waiting room waiting for a, a meeting that's about to take place. Time spent after you eat lunch and you're idle. And you could start something, but you don't have quite enough time to really do anything. And maybe you'll just scroll through social media. Give that time to the Lord. Get your phone out and use a Bible app and give those three minutes to the reading of God's Word. And, and take back, reclaim that wasted time in your schedule and honor God with those things that would have been just a throwaway time. Fill in those gaps. Find the right time and place and then supplement that with the gap time on your phone. After you find the right time and place, it's important to choose a reading plan. In order to stay consistent and read consistently through God's Word, you need to choose a, a method of getting through Scripture. Many of us treat God's Word as if it's a novel, and we begin at the beginning, and we read from one cover to the other. I've got some advice about that coming up later. But for, for most of us, it's helpful to have a, a guide that leads us through God's Word. And you can find uh, a Bible that's divided up to read in one year. Here's a copy of the Bible in a Year Bible. And, and each it's a series of chapters that are marked together. They're marked by day so that every day you have another set of passages to read. And if you read every day, you can cover the entire Bible in a year. Now that's multiple chapters a day. That's a big undertaking, a big commitment, but it's meaningful and valuable. There are other times where you might want to just read a chapter a day. You know that Multiple chapters together is a lot of information to cover. And rather than just reading to accomplish a task, you'd like to really investigate the Word of God. You allow the message to sink in, and you want to dedicate more time to less pages. And reading a chapter a day is probably what's right for you. There are other times where you might want to just read a, a passage at a time. And, and the goal is to read for meaning and comprehension, not just to check a box and say, I've finished my task for the day, but you would invest your heart and mind and allow God to work in you through the process. Uh, in, in the course of your reading, maybe instead of a, a 365, read the Bible in a year, you want to find something like this chronological Bible that rearranges Scripture 
so that what you're reading is a historical account from the beginning of time all the way through the end of Revelation. And it puts each of those passages in chronological order. And, and it's an eye-opening way to read through Scripture and discover how those stories are related, to see how events happen at, at the same time in different places. And you discover new information about the story of God working in the world that you might not have realized if you're simply reading from cover to cover in the course of your understanding. Here's another smaller version of that. It's called a harmony of the Gospels. And this takes just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and rearranges those stories of the life and ministry of Jesus in, in chronological order. Great, a great way to gain understanding about those events of Jesus' life. Uh, in the YouVersion app that we use for our services, there, there are a variety of, of Bible reading plans that you can use within the app. It's all digital and it will guide you through your reading. And it's an easy way for you to keep track because as you read, it marks off those readings and you know exactly where to start again. They have readings through the Bible. They have designated reading. They have topical kinds of reading for, for men and for women and for a variety of kinds of things that you might like to find biblical information about. So look through, discover those resources that are pre-made and, and the version is free for you to use to guide you through the reading of Scripture. The third thing I would suggest is that you carry God's word with you throughout the day. Now, there, there is some value to taking a, a copy of the Bible with you and carrying it and reminding you to, to read in those times. But really what I mean by this is that you would take God's word within you, that you would not just read and set it aside, but that you would find ways to carry that information that you've read forward throughout your day, that you would focus on maybe a verse or a phrase, a meaningful a meaningful passage, and that you would think about it as you go throughout your day. You would meditate on those words. You would think about how it applies to your life. Maybe you would memorize it and, and, and use some resources around it. Write it on a post-it note and stick it on your mirror so that you, you'll be reminded of it again and again. Maybe you would, you would uh, in the YouVersion app, you can take a, a verse and put it on a, a picture and make that picture a background for your phone. It's a free thing they offer. You can do that. There's a variety of free apps that you can do that with. And, and having scripture be the, the lock screen or the background on your phone is a great way to put God's word in front of your eyes again and again and again and again. As you use your phone all day long, you're reminded of your commitment to read the word of God and stay with that throughout the day. The fourth thing I would, I would suggest you do as you begin this process of making Bible reading a habit in your life is you keep a journal. Now, journaling is a discipline that I do not enjoy. I never have. I don't know if I ever will, but I know that it's valuable. And so I use it in a limited degree. I don't write my thoughts and feelings every day. Dear diary, that's not me. But I, I use a journal digitally for value when I read Scripture. And as you're, as you're beginning this process, it's helpful to, to take some basic notes about what you're reading, to remind yourself where you are in your reading, uh, bookmark, and you can jot down the, the, the chapter you've read and the verses you've accomplished. You can write down your, your thoughts about what you're reading. Here's, here's how this impacted me. You can write down your questions you have about the passage. When, when, you, when you get to a place in Scripture that you don't understand, sometimes that can distract you from your reading. And what I found helpful is every time I come across something that's so deep, I, I just don't, don't get it right away. I just jot it down. And I move on with my reading, 
and I allow God's word to, to speak to me. And then when it's time for me to study, I can go back to my notes and see those things that were complex, see those, those big words that I didn't quite get, see those big concepts that were deeper than I was ready to go. And then when I'm, when I'm ready to study, I have questions that I can answer. I have things that I can research to dive deeper. And the next time I read through that passage, I don't have to stop because then I have an understanding of those deeper concepts. And it makes reading more meaningful and easier the more I do it. Don't be afraid to, to just jot those things down and come back to them later. Next week, we're going to talk about what that study of God's word looks like as we seek out answers to those questions. The fifth thing I would suggest to you as you begin this process of reading the word of God is that you would deepen your relationships as you focus on God's word, that you would allow those spiritual relationships that we talked about last week. And there's two very important spiritual relationships for us to develop in our spiritual disciplines, the relationships of accountability and mentoring relationships. Work with your accountability partner in your reading plan. Tell them about the commitment that you've made and ask them to help you stay faithful to that commitment. Maybe you and your accountability partner want to read the same passages and commit to the same plan of reading so that when you meet together, you can talk about what you're reading. You can share your insights. You can tell, tell them about what you're discovering in God's word and how it is developing your life. It's not necessary. And if you're reading in different places, you can each talk about where you're reading and, and double your efforts by learning from their experience and teaching them from your experience. I also want to encourage you to uh, include your reading plan in meeting with a mentor and let them know about your commitment and ask them questions about how they have been faithful in reading the word. And a mentor is a great, play, a great first place to ask those difficult questions that you've come across while you're reading, to seek their advice, to seek their wisdom. Now, a mentor may not have all of the answers to all of the questions that you have to ask, but they would be a great guide to point you in the right direction and pray for you in the process of your learning. Deepen your relationships as you focus on God's word. Now, here's, here's the general advice I have for you. If you're, if you're thinking about starting a, a faithful reading of the Word of God daily. Get started. Don't wait for an event. Don't wait for a big challenge. Just, just begin. The, the best time to start is right now. Well, not right now. I want you to finish listening to me. But, but today, open up God's Word and, and begin the process and see where He leads you. I also want to encourage you to take it slow. When we feel conviction, when we feel inspiration, sometimes we, we bite off more than we can chew. We say, I'm going to read the Bible in a year. And the friend next to you says, well, I'm going to finish the Bible in six months. And sometimes we make a commitment that we can't find the time to accomplish. And I, I want to caution you about creating a, a situation of failure and guilt and shame in your desire to, to be faithful to the Lord. Don't, don't take on more than you can handle right now. As you begin reading God's word, you're going to be developing your capacity for daily discipline. And as you get better at your reading of the, God, of the word of God, you're going to find that you have, you're able to read more in the time that you have, that your understanding deepens. And the next time you read through God's word, you might be able to handle two chapters a day instead of one chapter a day. The third time through, you, you, you will be able to handle the entire Bible in a year. But, but go slow and work with your schedule and develop this ability you have to grow in your discipline of the reading of God's word. What I find fascinating is that God works in the way that he works. 
And there's never a coincidence in the way that God works. And we're talking about spiritual disciplines in our sermon series. We're talking about spiritual disciplines in our Wednesday evening men's Bible study. We're talking about spiritual disciplines in our leadership Bible study. There's a variety of ways that that God is pointing us to the practice of our relationship with him and developing these habits and growing us closer to him. And as we talked about reading the word of God in our men's study, we we came across this, this this topic of how do, you, how do you get started? What's the best place to start reading the Bible? And here's some of the things we talked about together. That, that where you begin the first time you read through God's Word is critically important. When you're reading the Bible for the first time and you open up to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and you begin, begin reading cover to cover, here's what you will discover. A couple of months into your reading, you're going to come across the book of Leviticus. And then you're going to come across the book of Numbers. And I have personally talked to and personally experienced this, this difficulty in being faithful in reading God's Word because these detailed lists of, of numbers and, and records are cumbersome and tedious. And there are many people who have just closed their Bible and put it away because it was so difficult to get through those books of the Bible. The first time you read through the Bible, I want to give you permission to skip those books but come back to them later, okay? Go Genesis, Exodus, then go to Deuteronomy and Joshua if you're starting at the beginning. Come back to those books after you've finished everything else and you'll see with greater understanding why that information is so valuable to the context where it's written. If you're starting reading the Bible for the very first time, I would rather encourage you to start in in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and read about Jesus and his life and ministry. Open up to Psalms and Proverbs and, and, and read the, that poetic description of, of wisdom and, and the love of the Lord. It's just such great value. Turn to the, the letters in the New Testament. Go to 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John and the, and the book of James. It's just wonderful information that will inspire your thinking. And maybe you love the Old Testament narratives. I, I grew up on those stories and I love reading them. Read Genesis, Exodus. Read Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. Kings, Chronicles, Esther, read through those stories. They're, they're enriching. They're wonderful. And everything that you skip, take note of and come back and finish it out later. But know that you're going to need some encouragement as you get started. You're going to need to keep this, this in, a little bit of entertainment value in the stories you're reading in Scripture to, to hold your attention and help you through those, those difficult stints uh, in books like Leviticus and Numbers. But just get started. Don't overdo it. And here's one of the most difficult things that you can do. Extend grace to yourself. I've found that it's hard for me to give myself grace. But as you're beginning this process of reading, know that you're you're going to fail. You're going to wake up one morning and think, oh no, I didn't read my Bible yesterday. I'm behind. I'm not going to get through. I I said I was going to read every day and I missed a day. You know what you can't do that morning? You can't turn back time. You can't change the fact that you missed reading a chapter in the Bible yesterday. And here's the problem I had as a young man when I was beginning this process. I would realize that I had missed reading a chapter. You know what I do the moment I realized I missed it? I would read two chapters, the chapter from yesterday to make up for the time that I missed and then try and read the chapter for that day. And that worked once. You know what happened? The next time I woke up and realized I'd missed, I had not read the Bible in a week. And I thought, I don't have time to read seven chapters. And it became this overwhelming obstacle, and I stopped reading my Bible for a time. And as a teenager, 
found difficulty because what I felt when I picked up my Bible and thought I really should read again was the guilt of having abandoned my commitment to read through Scripture every day. Give yourself some grace. When you realize that you have missed a day, just start where you were, read one day's worth of material, and then extend the timeline out. Give yourself some grace. Stay committed. Stay in the Word. And don't worry so much about catching up. But just stay faithful and allow God's word to meet you where you are and develop you in the course of your reading. Now, if you're a seasoned Bible reader, if you've already read through the Bible once or twice or a couple of times, then I revoke the right for you to skip over tedious sections of the Bible. You can read all of that and gain meaning and information. Don't allow me to give you an excuse in the course of your reading of God's word. Allow it to draw you in again and again. Allow it to instruct you in your understanding of who God is and teach you about who you are in relationship to him. That's the beauty of God's word, that every time we read it, it has new information for our lives. And as we fill ourselves up with it, it will make itself known. It will make itself visible in our lives. When we fill our minds with the word of God, our thoughts are molded and shaped according to his thoughts. When we fill our hearts with the word of God, he begins to, to shape those hearts, to love the things that he loves, to care about the things he cares about. And where we once were driven by our own desires, by our own wants, by our own thoughts, we discover a longing for the things of God. And as our priorities change and we make scripture reading a significant part of our lives, our perspective begins to change. And God begins pointing us to the path that he's illuminated and helping us, strengthening us to continue walking that path. Let's pray together. God, I'm so grateful for your word, for the way that it meets us, for the relevance that it has in our lives. God, I pray that you would inspire us to be faithfully committed to, to reading the message that you have for us each and every day. Help us to see the value that it has for our lives. Help us to be faithful as we take on disciplines that, that draw us into you. God, thank you for meeting us here today. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.